purely for make sure I do the right thing, <laughs> say the right thing. Um, I have, um, a few years back, I was involved uh, one of my other passions, the rockets. You see outside the door there, the, the Apollo rockets. Oh yeah, is you know, kind of human space exploration is a personal passion. You know, the guys outside would say, if I could be an astronaut, that's where I'd be right now. But uh, and I ran an event. We ended up bringing Al Warner, a friend of mine, over uh, back in twenty fourteen. I think it was now, maybe even earlier. But <laughs> over three days, I think we've been. So in the tabloid newspapers anyway, I went from being an enthusiast to being um, a geek to being a freak. You know, basically they took the same piece of text and just reworked it in a different way each day just to make it look different in print. But I was like, wow. <laughs> not, not that my, you know, my kind of first experience in national media, I was like, man, I went from being an enthusiast to being a freak. So what, what did I say Just wrong? because you like <laughs> yeah, space exploration. Space exploration, yeah. Um, yeah, like, is, is that in any way in your background? No, no, it's just, just a passion. It's just, a passion. Yeah. yeah, and it was something that as a kid, you know, every kid wants to be an astronaut. Yeah. Um, and it was something that, uh, even that in itself, the story behind it, is, or there is a funny story. Went to secondary school and hospital. Uh, it was a presentation in La Salle back then. It's now, uh, it's St. Joseph's, uh, it'll come back to me in a while, but um, went to secondary school there, and we had one of these open day career days, the only one in the six years or the five years that I was there. Um, and it was a poetry competition of all things, and, you know, Paul Durkin, the poet, was down, and you know I, I won the poetry competition for my age bracket, and wow. got a got a book voucher for Manny's. Went in and bought these books on NASA, and I still have it at home on the shelf. Actually, I, I, as I moved from house to house and country and back again, you kept uh, it. I kept the book, uh, and that kind of sparked the whole thing for me. As a right, kid. and then you know you kind of think about okay, I got to get a job, got to get a mortgage, all these kind of things, and then suddenly the reality of well, I have a better chance of being a software engineer than I ever will be an astronaut, so let's just do that instead. Um, and then back in 2010, I had a number of heart issues and ended up getting a stent. Um, and what follows very quickly after that, actually, even the, even the morning I was getting the stent in, um, it was uh, Dr. Crean in, in BlackRock was doing the work, and he said, I can guarantee you, he said, you're going to be at the lowest low in your life in four to six months' time. And of course, I leave the theatre and I'm just going, this is great, the blood's flowing, I feel wonderful, whatever you say, doc, and out I go. And sure enough, about six months, I had them worked in, in September, and then December, January, um, just kind of slipped into depression for, for nearly a year, really, you know, it's, it's just, wow. what happens is your body slows down anyway, because now it's adjusting to this uh, stent. To this device that is keeping everything exactly, going. Exactly, yeah, and, and my heart rate was always, like, on paper, I was the fittest of the fit, um, but yet there was this defect, probably from birth, from day one, you know. Okay. Um, and then they give you medication to make sure that you're, you know, slowing down as well. So my average heartbeat... Um, was about 36 beats a minute during that period of time. So you're just, like, every two seconds, you're having a heartbeat, you know. Uh, so <coughs> that was wow. fine, you know, it was all good. Uh, but it just means then that your brain and the rest of your body is kind of in a survival mode. So I would have this conversation with you, leave the room, and could only, it, it was like being in a dream. I just wouldn't really kind of recall the specifics of it. Um, so it made personal life difficult, made business life very difficult. And then something as simple as cutting your grass, you've got your neighbor or your dad or whoever's coming down. So suddenly I'm sitting there and you know you feel you're useless. And you just drift off into this uh, kind of depressed state. So that took about a year. Uh, a lot of it was just getting the medication right mm. for a while. And then a lot of it was just you know talk to people and realizing that you're not alone in that kind of situation as well. Right. So, and back to your answer to your question, uh, as part of that uh, therapist I was talking to, she said, you know, what did you really love doing as a kid? He goes, oh, I love space. And she goes, well, why don't you get back into that. Why don't you reignite an old hobby? And I would say within two days of she saying that, I got an email to say, oh, there's an astronaut event in Leeds, you know, here's the tickets. Um, 
if you're interested in coming? He's like, oh, off I went. And I met Dick Gordon, who flew in Apollo 12. And since then, I think I've met nine of the Apollo mission guys. Um, wow. We've good friends with Al. Um, he stays at my place, I stay at his place. Um, we meet up two or three times a year, whether it's in the US or here. And um, yeah, it's great. That's kind of reinvigorated the whole Yeah, thing and again. you've leaked your passion in here yeah, yeah, with I a was, couple of models. I was thinking stuff. recently I should rename all the movements here, you know, the landing sites of the Apollo. Yeah, right, okay. Well, uh, very, very you might, and um, how has it been taken by the guys on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the guys are good outside, you know, my, my wife refers to it as kind of a little bit different terms, but uh, oh, right, okay, yeah. you and your space friends. But then what that allowed me to do as well is, um, you know, I don't live too far from Lockhart, I'm a, a native of Valley Brick and just south of the city here. Yeah. Um, and got involved with Lockgar. What I ended up doing is I brought Al to Lockgar just as, as a visit, just say, hey, here's a stone circle. And he, um, he's totally fascinated by, you know, the, the, the ancient beliefs and, and the ancient yeah. view of the heavens and everything else. So, which is the whole debate about great stone circle. Is it some kind of astronomical device? Um, so then that kind of got me thinking, could we do more for kids around science? And of course, you know, we've brought Al back a number of times. We've met a whole bunch of kids. We've done lectures. We do a lot with Lockgar. I'm involved with the Dark Sky Project in Lockhart uh, and helping us out with some of the other science and STEM stuff just as, on a volunteer basis. Yeah. So that gave another outlet for passion and interest and, and wanting to improve things. And then lo and behold, along comes WP Engine saying, we want our, we got this great job, but we're looking for somebody who is you know, a business leader, but a community leader as well. Um, and when you find an employer who says, we really want you to keep that going, um, it was great. You know, so to be able to take my passion here and take it outside and then take the outside passion and bring it in works very well so if, if, if that's a good little segue so I'll take that if, if I can um, your background is in software engineering as mm-hmm. in that's what was your first that was your graduate degree your yeah I studied computer systems in UL um, and from there you know, that was again in software engineering pretty much mm. um, it, back in those days actually it was, it was interesting because it was a course that was in the business side of the college, right. we were kind of engineers, so the business guys didn't really work to us that much, and the engineers didn't want us because we studied business as well, so we right. really kind of fit in the middle. Whereas now that is the sweet spot. Um, yeah, it's where that's, that's exactly it's having somebody who knows business and technology. Yeah, um, is where it's at these days. And, you know, jobs throughout the the years where you've where you've been, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. I often say I was lucky, uh, maybe I've created my own look along the way, but um, in UL, for whatever reason, I took on this obscure final year project working on a platform called Next. Um, when Steve Jobs left Apple, mm-hmm. um, he started a company called Next, um, and there was a few of these, of these systems in UL, and I said, right, you know, something new, something different, I'll give it a shot. And that led to a startup company in Dublin um, called Isocor, I-S-O-C-O-R, at the time. They came down um, to the college I said, hey, we've got a project, coincidentally, on the next platform. Uh, would you join us? And there was just a startup company. I think it was employee 26 or 27 in the door there. And that was great because you, know, you built everything from you know, the, your desk to building the server to doing it all very much hands-on and then finally doing the software design as well. Hmm. Um, and that, with the product we were delivering and developing, was mainly for the U.S. market. Um, so that got me on the road very early in my career, um, you know, supporting customers in New York, the likes of... Uh, Viacom, MTV, you know, some neat names, you know, um, RJ Reynolds down in North Carolina, they make cigarettes, uh, over to St. Louis, to Anheuser-Busch and Earth Graves, they're a great company, and of course the guys that brew Budweiser beer, mm. um, and I kind of got hooked on that idea, and I moved to St. Louis then for 
six years to work with another startup that was doing the very early stages of kind of web architecture and consulting. So um, six years kind of rolled around. I had gone through my two uh, temporary visas and decided, do I stay or do I return home? Right. Uh, I came back uh, literally only a few weeks before 9-11. And of course, the economy was already starting to turn at that point in time. Um, I went working for GE and Shannon as a systems architect and along the way then decided writing that'll go more management than engineering. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something that I wouldn't say it's something I have a passion for. It's just something I seem to have done well and the passion has followed then in that yeah. regard, you know. The path opened. Uh, the so path opened it did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and again it was it was very much at the time um, an opportunity came up to run the support for G um, in in Europe. Mm. Uh, and they were looking for somebody who knew the business but also knew the technology one of our big challenges was trying to deal with our technology partners so right. somebody who could speak their language and also speak the business language uh, was a key thing really you know yeah. and then we moved to the one of the announcements at a time in Limerick when there was a there seemed to be a plethora of um, FDI job announcements coming in and WP Engine arrive yeah um, that was our first introduction to WP Engine, and but had you been with them before that? Or? No, I was hired um, as part of that. You were hired as part here. of the original. Yeah. Um, so there was the original 10 that were hired. Actually, the original 9, I think I'm employee number 10 in Limerick. Okay. Um, then about two weeks later, um, I came on board. But even there's a funny story of that. Um, I had applied for a job. I was looking, but I decided it was time to move on from GE, that had become Gemworth, and had then just been acquired by AXA. Um, and over the space of 15 years, I had worked for four different companies in six different roles, and I joke, without ever leaving the building, you know, it's just all those changes in businesses and acquisitions right. and whatnot. Um, time to move on, and I had interviewed for a role a year earlier, came close to actually taking the role, it was offered, and then I decided, no, it wasn't quite the right role for me, so I stepped back, um, thinking that actually the recruiter involved would never call me again, because, you know, they don't, they don't like it when you <coughs> turn down the job that you're offered. Um, but sure enough, I got an email, and I said, hey, here's a role that's come up in Limerick. Uh, and at the time, they weren't allowed to mention the WP Engine name. There were still things going on with you know, FDI's new ID and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes on in the background. Um, maybe the company actually didn't have its Irish entity yet. I'm not sure. Um, looked at the job spec. I was well, that's a really nice job. But you know what? I'm kind of happy where I am at the same time. We were at a stage where we had just our, our third kid. was only uh, about two years old. So um, it was time to just focus on family. Right. Um, then about a week later, I got another email saying, well, here's the package that this company is offering. And I looked at it, and, you know, penny for penny, it was almost the same. It was roughly the same salary. Benefits were roughly the same. Um, and once again, I didn't even reply. I just hit delete again for a second time on the email. And then the third email came through as uh, my wife and I were driving to Belfast with the kids for two weeks' holidays to say, um, hey, I can tell you finally who the company is. And once I had actually... You know, even just in a half hour in the car, just looking at what the company did, uh, was kind of hey, I'm intrigued with this. this is yes. Uh, because what I was doing outside of my own, outside of work to keep my own kind of technical edge going was constantly working with WordPress and right. you know, building sites and tinkering away and doing different bits and pieces. So here was a technology that I was passionate about. Um, here was a startup getting back to. So I'd been in two startups previously. So this was an opportunity to come back to a startup and actually be involved from the ground up, not mm. just employee number. You know. 25 or yeah. whatever it was um, but the, the real kind of sealing the deal for me actually two things happened one was I actually signed up as a customer just to see what it was like and to me then it was absolutely this is a fabulous platform this is exactly the kind of product that you know web designers need I could see the value in it 
because um, that's always the big risk. Use this unknown entity, yeah. opening an office on Patrick Street, which starting with 10 people, how long is that going to last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with mortgages and car payments and three kids to feed and everything else, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the family, just not just yourself. Um, so yeah, I love, love with the product itself. And then as I started to talk to people at WP Engine, uh, I think I had seven different conversations. I won't say there were interviews, but there were more conversations um, before I joined. Right. Um, and that's part of what we do. We will, even for a basic or for an entry level role, we will interview people. They might have four or five different contacts with us. So they'll, meet, they'll chat to the recruiter, they might chat to me, they'll chat to one or two of the managers. And so you get a fully rounded picture. So we do kind of shorter interviews where we get lots of different eyes yeah. um, on, on the, the candidate. Yeah, yeah, just to see. Um, Plus the candidate gets a feel of. We'll go back to that word culture. And, and that's, that's what worked for me. It was when I spoke to you know, these seven different people um, and, and Nick Danes, who's my own boss at the moment, um, Nick even asked me the question. He said, you know, how do you feel about the fact that you're coming in to join a company and the people that are going to report you are already hired? And I said, well, first of all, if I was going to an existing company, there would be people there anyway. So yeah. you, you just have to, to uh, adapt to that. <coughs> And the second thing was that everybody I spoke to at WP Engine seemed to have the same values and the same spirit and the yeah. same enthusiasm that I had. So I said, if that's true of the seven people I've spoken to, there's a good chance you've hired a bunch of people that I enjoy working with anyway, which is, you know, that was the case, it turns out. Um, so it was, it was good. That and, and if you, I suppose, the opposite to that then is you had the vision of what was coming, coming to Ireland. What was the WP Engine vision of what was going to await them in Limerick yeah it's interesting it's just in the past week it's, it's, it's funny when things are successful and running and then you kind of sit down with people and go boy you know, this was a big risk it was seen as a big risk for the company to um, not just step outside Texas because we have we have an office and we still do have an office in San Antonio so we have our you know the majority of people employed in Austin in about an hour and 20 minutes south of San Antonio we have about five, five or six people I think you double check the numbers in San Francisco and then we have 25 or so sales team in London. Well, this was the first time to say, let's take a technical center outside of Texas. Okay. Um, and then to take it outside the country and put it in Europe was a big, big challenge. Um, and I know when I was, <coughs> when I was being interviewed, um, even speaking at the, at the CFO or then CFO, uh, a lot of the thinking was, could they find the right kind of leader um, and even the right people in Europe, there seems to be a sense of, yes, we'll do a great job, but we'll do exactly what, we tell, what you tell us to do, almost like very kind of Germanic, yeah, if this is the instruction, this is what we'll do. And they wanted to find a group of people that are a little bit more dynamic, um, that could adapt, adopt and adapt to the culture of the company, okay. kind of feedback into the company. Um, and as we looked at various locations throughout Europe, in the UK, and then focusing in Ireland, at the end of the day, it was culture. It was that limerick culture that kind of sealed the deal. Okay. Yes, Limerick is much cheaper than Dublin or London for real estate, so you kind of read out, read out those okay, there's a There's yeah. a tick, but there, yeah, and there has to be more than bricks and mortar. Uh, and it was the fact that um, you know, you, people use this Goldilocks phrase, and I, and I use it as well. Limerick is the kind of city that's small enough that we feel that we can make an impact on, and hopefully a positive impact. Mm -hmm. um, not from a product perspective, just a community perspective, getting involved with the council and the chamber and different things in the area. And then large enough that it had the talent pool, um, not just in the companies around, but also the fact that you've got UL, NIT, Mary I, um, that they're all sources of new talent coming yeah. in as well. So, Did, would, would WP Engine have an ability or a view to attracting existing 
um, employees in different firms and different companies at different parts of the country or the UK. I mean, how is that perception uh, viewed upon as, can we bring people in here um, and not just graduates and not just, you know, can, can we attract people to Limerick? And what we found is when, when we first opened, um, it was predominantly as a, as a support centre. We knew we wanted to do R&D and engineering as well, but you know, support was, let's get our feet in the ground. Um, and for that, we were giving people entry-level roles, that first step in their career. Um, people refer to the, the, the over-educated, I guess, or the underemployed. Uh, yeah. Underemployed is probably the phrase that you <coughs> where you've got people who have a degree but are, are working in a retail store. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't get their, their They can't get that yet. first foot on, on the ladder, yeah. And we've given that opportunity to a lot of people outside. Uh, we've got people that worked in Duns. One, one, one of our team worked in a meatpacking factory. And to get them out of that environment and to start them finally on their career path um, you know, it was great for us. So there was a ready-made pool of talent for support. Um, engineering is a little bit different. You, you can't just bring in um, entry-level engineers and say, let's make a, a great new product. You need to have the strong mentors around them. Yeah. Um, so we found you know, the first seven or so of the engineering team here in Limerick, all strong guys that we went out and, we, and um, recruited in. Um, but what we're finding is you're kind of exhausting the Limerick pool when you look at that middle to higher level of uh, talent. Okay. Now, if they're out there and they can work for us, we'd love to see them. But you have to try and attract people away from their, their, their good jobs, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and certainly you can see it in the last you know, two, two and a half years. Um, the difference in the caliber of resumes that are coming to us and the interest. Uh, you know, now we're getting people who are saying, I'm already employed here's where I work and they're working at some great companies but I want to come work for you um, okay. which is nice to see it's nice um, but equally we've had this spread out our, our tentacles and, and uh, look in other cities as well so yeah. you know, we've got a permanent recruiter ourselves here on site so we actually do all our own internal recruiting um, we don't go through agencies um, and even Darren our recruiter moved from Dublin to Limerick he's okay. a Kenny man I guess he was following the Liam McCarthy Cup but yeah uh, he came to Limerick, um, helped that his fiancée was from the Limerick area, so now that's given them the opportunity, they were both working in Dublin, but that's given them the opportunity to come back here, uh, recently married, they're building a house, and you know, they're just finding that they can, they can sell hours, you know, own. He could actually set up a house based on what he was paying in rent in, in Dublin alone. Um, we've had one gentleman <coughs> from South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, two guys from Brazil, um, and even one was just looking to move to Ireland, his parents were Italian, so moving to Europe wasn't an issue for him. He was kind of saying, where would I move? And he honed in on Limerick somehow, and then he found us, and it was a perfect match. He was a guy with technical background, and okay. so helped him as well. The, it's kind of, so recruitment <coughs> wouldn't be an issue. And given the model that you have of, 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 of giving that entry level, retention doesn't come into, does retention come into your, into your, your, your it's, it's something to work on. Uh, every company has to. Um, but for us, so we take um, entry-level support, um, and then they move on to kind of more advanced support. You know, as, as they demonstrate that they're capable of the work, we will give you more privileges and more access. Yeah. Um, and we've done, I'm trying to think the total number. I know in Q3 and Q4 last year, there were 10 promotions here within, within Limerick. Yeah. And we've had more. That was just in that period of time okay. last year. Um, and that was bunch of people were promoted from level one to level two support. So now they're dealing with our enterprise customers, dealing with much deeper technical issues. Um, we had another person who moved from support into 
sales engineering and in fact moved to our London office. So here I am attracting talent delivery. Yeah, but equally so, you, you, when an opportunity arises that somebody internally can go for, you know. Exactly. And what we do and what I, you know, I think for me, um, it goes back to uh, something that our CEO at, uh, at GE used to say up in Shannon. He wanted to grow people. And he knew someday everyone would walk out the door yeah, know, one way or another. Come back. And if it was a case of I'm growing you for a role and that role is elsewhere, then I'm happy with that. Um, and that's the philosophy I brought with me, and we do it here. Um, you know, we, we develop people, um, and that's the number one thing for I ask for the managers is just to keep growing the people and to look for the strengths in them. So if somebody's passion is you know, space travel, um, <laughs> I don't think anybody here is going to open that door for me, but if there was an opportunity, for example, we got one person aside who is absolutely passionate about being a software engineer. Um, they've studied, they're actually quite good at it, uh, they're working in support, and we have paired them up with a mentor in the States, so they're getting to do small small projects to start with, and we'll gradually increment that, and hopefully then, um, as opportunities go appear, they'll move into engineering. Uh, but equally, we've had somebody start to support with almost no technical knowledge, other than a basic course they had behind them. Uh, we met them, we realized they were just passionate, a passionate person that we could help them grow okay. and they've moved into our customer success team and they now deal with our large corporate accounts as they're being onboarded into the into the company so this is somebody you're trusting to get it perfectly right for the likes of a Marriott or a hotel or any of the other large clients that we would that we would work with so is it fair to ask what satisfies you in your job in your role when you take it's, a lot of those things together yeah it's funny it's uh, I was doing a talk at um Grace School Limini um, last year and you know, opened up for questions at the end and then one six-year student said, do you do it for the money? You know? <laughs> and there's a point in your career where you do. You, know, you, you want to progress. You, you know, probably when you're in your early 20s and you want to have the nicer car and you kind of say, maybe it's time to buy a house. And a lot of it is driven by money. But for me, it got to a point, um, again, around that 2010 landmark for me, and I'm not quite sure it was the fact that we now had three children. Um, was it just that I was in, you know, slightly more than mid-30s? So I, think, you know, I was 37 at the time. Um, was it that a kind of a changing point in you maturity-wise? Um, or was it something else was going on? But it was no longer about just the material things. It was about what could I finally do? Um, and for me, I guess maybe it was that question. What could I leave behind for my children that right. they could then, you know, advance on again and, and progress? And that turned into, again, as I say, my own passion being in space and, and STEM and science, suddenly realizing that there's great events in Dublin for kids, but there was nothing much going on in Limerick at the time. Um, and since then, you, you are seeing a changing landscape. But, so that's why I said, you know, I could have taken the astronaut event to Dublin and probably even made money on it. Yeah. Uh, where I said, no, let's bring it to Limerick, um, funded it myself. Let's create um, something here. Even. Let's break, do something here. Um, that kind of spilled over to the whole locker let's do something again for the community and then as I say when WP Engine came in and wanted to give back in the city and we wanted to stay in the city centre to be able to do that uh, that was just something I was passionate about um, and yeah. for me back to your point what's most satisfying the most satisfying thing for me is just seeing the guys decide do well uh, you know it's our sales team will sell the product I want to create an environment here that is the place to work in Limerick um, that everyone comes in with a smile on their face and leaves with a smile on their face um, and that equally they're enjoying their day's work so. yeah no, it comes back to our earlier chat on culture and the creation of that space where, you know, people come in, they work, they're happy to work, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, like it's it's um, it's encouraging to see. 
It is, and I think that's what's changing about businesses also. You know, people often joke about some of the companies who would have, you know, these, um, you, know, you know, maybe a slide in the office, or there's all bean bags, and, and that's, I think some people think that's about creating a playground, and it's not. It's about creating a dynamic environment. Um, so we have one of our colleagues here who come in in the morning. I can really map out his day right now. I can guarantee you for the, till about 11 o'clock, he'll be at his desk working away. Then about 11, he'll move to one of our higher tables where you can kind of sit up there, either stand or sit at the higher table, just to get away from the desk environment. Um, after lunch, might head back to his desk, and then by about 2 o'clock in the evening, you'll see him sitting on the sofas, one of the soft furnishings with his laptop on his lap. Um, and the thing is, he's doing the same job, and it's a tough job. They're dealing with three customers simultaneously in chat. Um, so he's actually created his own kind of break. And this, this, we've, we provided the environment where you can go and sit in a soft furnishing area or a high table or stand or sit or whatever you want to do. Um, and then substitute themselves to make it that a bit more dynamic. Whereas if he day. was chained to the desk, it mightn't be as... Wouldn't be as satisfying. Satisfying, yeah. I couldn't be chained to a desk. I could not do the job the guys do. Um, Paul, it's been great. There's, there's, there's only a couple of small ones to finish. Mm-hmm. Where can you draw inspiration from? You're leading this team and you know nurturing them through two different points but you know that still has to drain upon you that you need to find a source of inspiration is there anything that pops to mind it's a it's a tough question to answer to be honest because i look at myself and um, um maybe i don't see myself while other people see me it's probably the best way to phrase it um, you know I, I often wonder why am i the leader why am i seen as the leader um and I, you know, I'm a storyteller, as you're probably picking up. So for me, when I'm trying to bring the guys on with me, it's about just sharing my experiences. Mm. Uh, and they've been varied over the years. You know, um, there's, a, there's a gentleman that nobody will know of, um, Jack Bader. Uh, Jack owns a company called NetFX um, in St. Louis. And I, that was the, the second kind of startup that I was working for. I'm working with Jack. And again, I came back to that whole thing, watching Jack, watching what made him happy. And he's a philanthropist as well. And I was like, oh. That, that kind of resonated with me. It's like you, you eventually say, sit back and you stop and you say, it's not about money, it's not about success, it's not about the titles, um, it's about just being happy in your day today and that you're, and that you're giving back. Um, so, you know, Jack is the person I often, when people say to me, who, who do I admire most? Jack is the person that I would admire. You know, I could pick probably yeah. a whole multitude of the usual names, like an Elon Musk and everybody else. Um, they're, they're admirable people, but they're not the people that I would admire. And Jack is the same person that I would. And, and even to this day, if something crops up, I reach out to Jack and go, yeah, what would you do in this scenario? Yeah, so okay. That way. Um, two questions. I look to the future. Um, what does the future look like for WP Engine and Limerick? Um, in a word, growth. Um, you know, we have, in Limerick, we doubled in size from across 2017. We doubled in size again in 2018. Um, and I think you'll see that continue to grow. Um, the company, when I joined it, was... 350 people um, I forget exactly what the, the run rate was but we're now a um, 600 and, oh. probably 620 I can get the exact number uh, strong company um, 100 million dollar company uh, just announced that we've, you know, we've over 90,000 customers uh, so it's growth 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 and, and WordPress itself is a very large it makes up over a third or roughly about a third now of the web market out there so about a third of all websites are built on WordPress yeah, we use and that's at the heart of our of our business um, yeah. so you know, we're only scratching the surface on that so there's a huge market space that we can chase it's a matter of how we can how we can win the business and 
how we can continue to deliver value um, across security and performance and, and so on and so forth. So you're looking at you're looking at more roles here in Limerick possibly. Yeah, definitely. A, um, a you larger see, footprint. You see engineering grow. Um, you know, as it is, um, you know, people say that the success of Limerick has been the number of people, the the fifty three people that we have here inside today. Um, for me, the success is more around the fact that we have, all, you know, they're small teams, but we've got engineering, support, marketing, recruiting, customer success, um, and we're about to hire um, an office manager. So we're now starting to see our employee experience and people operations team start to grow here as well. Um, later in the year, we'll most likely hire um, uh, an employee experience specialist or HR specialist. So we're filling out the functions of the, of a full business, yeah. With the intent of all of those functions have the ability to grow in Limerick, so it's it's nonstop really. Okay, and the last little teaser is: what would you tell a younger version of yourself, based on your experience? Is there anything you would say to yourself at twenty? It's funny. Somebody asked me last week. Just asked you, is this the happiest that I've been in my life? Um, and I'm pretty happy. Uh, it's, it's a good place to be. But at different stages in your life, there's different things that bring you happiness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I do a whole lot different. Again, I, I was very fortunate. Um, I think maybe, I guess I wouldn't change anything, but if I was to drop back in time to that last year in UL and just to say, here's the things that have probably made me a success along the way was um, mentors. Mentors have been a big thing. Finding strong mentors. I had a great mentor while I was in co-op. Um, when I worked at Icecore on the first startup, I had a great mentor there. To move on to net to NetFX and have Jack as a mentor, um, you know, moving into GE and the various people mm -hmm. that led me there and, and the leaders that they had were all great mentors. Um, so draw so finding a mentor, find a mentor yeah. is is the advice you would give to a younger person, not necessarily a younger person of yourself, but to the next generation coming through. Find a mentor. Definitely. Find a mentor. And, and I think if I go back to the advice I got um, back in 2010 is follow your passion. Uh, and even when I interview people here, and I've probably interviewed over 300 people in the last two and a half years, um, the, the, the one thing for me, usually I'm saying no to somebody who, who comes in as a candidate. And there could be other people in the room who say, oh, this is a great person. I, I believe that technology and engineering are part of your DNA just as much as painting is for an artist or music is for a musician. Mm. And there's some people that are just not cut out for it. They're, they're not following their passion. So for me, it's find what you're passionate about, follow that path, um, and also the same. If you can find the strong mentors along the way to, to help you on and get that advice along the way, then that's the way to go. Okay, that you're done. Um, I just have to... Just these little um, yeah. teasers down the side. So, you're a native of Limerick, Ballybrick, yeah. Lovely. Back um, born and bred. I'm working out that you're 46. Uh, 1972, is that right? Yeah, 46, yeah. Or my 40. Yeah, I'm 47 this year. 46. Okay, great. Yeah. Your initial qualifications is in. A Bachelor of Science in Computer Systems from UL. Your first full time job, you said, was. With Isocore. Isocore. Yeah. Family, there's three Two children. Kids, married yeah. to. Serena. Hobbies. Other than space, because that's oh, the first one that goes down. <laughs> we have that down. Hobbies other than space. Um, or do you have any? Or, you know? it's, I, um, yeah, it's, when you've got three kids, it's tough. Oh, but yeah. um, I guess maybe things I'm passionate about. I, I love, I like music. Um, I used to play piano years ago. I'm trying to learn the drums at the moment. Oh. Um, you know, 
again, it's about things that don't take too much time for me at the moment. I, you know, the, the rockets inside, that's just, that's just them. It's, I, I yeah. love building things. So yeah. I tinker with Arduino and the internet thing. So I kind of always look for that marry. And again, you look at WP Engine, I'm always looking for that sweet spot of where technology meets art. Um, you know, I sometimes wonder should I have worked in marketing or been an artist? And then I really love technology and I love meeting people. So right. Anything that involves the marrying of those two things, and guess what? WP Engine last year came up with their new tagline about where you know we're at the, the point where art meets science, uh, art meets technology. Um, yeah, I'd say for me in the evening, if I'm not uh, doing something that isn't space related or related, <laughs> um, I'm usually playing some bit of technology, the latest technology. Okay, um, so just a couple on WP Engine. The we're operation base is this is the Cecil Street. Yep. Office. Mm-hmm. The sector is. What's your business sector? Um, we um, I'll give you the the nice line first one. Do work it out. We are. We deliver amazing digital experiences. We're a digital experiences company. Digital experiences company. We're a digital experience company, um, which, based on the WordPress platform. Essentially, that when you get to the guts of it, we're web hosting, but a whole lot more. That's, we don't want to say web, you can get web hosting with three six five, and you don't get twenty four seven support. You don't get performance. You don't get all the other things that we say. You don't get the content delivery network that we have. We're about making sure that your customers get the the, the digital experience that you want them to get. So okay. Digital experience. The number of employees here. Um, fifty three. Fifty three. Yeah. Okay. And then you said you're six in excess of six hundred. Exact numbers here actually with a neat lab that tells us all that stuff. Uh, I think it was 613 last week, so it's probably higher this week. So, um, let's see here locations. Austin's 465, so Limerick is it says 51 today. It's actually oh, we got some co op students. No, it's just refreshing. It's 55 in Limerick today. Okay, 55 in Limerick. Um, where can I get the full? I'll go back to my desktop so I'll get the exact list. But Limerick is 55, Austin is 466, Brisbane 10, London 27, San Antonio 38, 4 in San Francisco. And then we have 18 others that work remotely. We have an engineer in Iceland, believe it or not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Year established? 2016. Um, oh, here in Limerick? 2016. Yeah. And uh, company's 8 years old this year, so that makes it 2010, 2011. Um, turnover. Hundred million dollars is what we say. And ownership or CEO. Um, it's venture capitalists. You know, it's um, Silver Lake would be a major investor in us at the moment. So okay. Um, All right. I'm sure Jason's the 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 founder who's actually one of our Jason Jason Cohen. Um, he he actually he's the founder. Company. He's the founder. He's still I, in yeah, the company. I'll just go with um, the founder. So yeah, yeah. That's probably the handiest. Um, okay, Paul, you're done. Great. <laughs>